Welcome back to Parked Car Convos. I am Maddie Mitchell. I am your host. Thanks so much for being here with me. Thank you for being patient, <laughs> as always. Um, I didn't record an episode last week. I was I was a busy girl. I was booked and busy. One of my best friends um, was home for the week, so I was hanging out with her a lot. And then I also had my brother's graduation, so we had family in town for a few days. So I just I just could not get a moment alone with me my me and my thoughts and my microphone. You know what I mean? Oh, that rhymes. Love that for me, Slay Mama. Okay. Anyways, this week we're talking about is Disney a cult? And by we, I mean me because I'm the only one here. This is what we got going on. Um. I posted a poll about this on the podcast Instagram. So if you're not following the podcast Instagram, you should because you can get a say in what I talk about. I gave three options and 60% of people said is Disney and cult is what you wanted me to talk about. Now, this is a topic that I just find fascinating for so, so, so many reasons. But I think before I jump right in, before I dive right in, I need to give a quick disclaimer (laughs) and an apology in advance. I... All everything that I'm saying is like an opinion, you know, that's, that's a fact. (laughs) It's a fact that what I'll be saying is opinions. It is. Um, I think everyone is entitled to do whatever the fuck they want as long as it's not hurting anyone else. So if you're a Disney doll, if you love Disney, literally more power to you. Love that for you. You're slaying. It's amazing. Keep, keep doing you. Keep Disneying. I love that. I'm talking from a very unique perspective as a 24 year old woman who's never been to Disney. I have literally so many preconceived notions of it and I've never been. So that's my disclaimer because I know if you are a Disney diehard, you're gonna be like, Oh, you don't even get it. And yeah, no, you're right. I do not get it. That is first and foremost. Let me say that I do not get it, (laughs) but I just want to say, I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm just looking at the facts and figures that I've seen on the internet and drawing my own conclusions. Okay. And I'm saying this now because I've recorded this once already and I ended up saying like, Oh, I'm sorry. After every single thing I said, because I just felt like a bitch and that's not what I'm going for here. It's not what I'm going for. Okay. So let's start from the beginning. Is Disney called? Yes. Okay. Case closed. Episodes over. Bye. See you next week. Um, no, I'm kidding. But I, that is a comparison I do want to draw. So towards the end of the episode, I'm going to get into cult structure. What are the elements of a cult that kind of break down so we can, we can really analyze from an objective point of view is Disney a cult, but we have to get into some other things first. Okay. First and foremost, I've said that like 17 times already. So second and second most is what is a Disney adult? What is a Disney adult? Who are Disney adults? Who are they? What do they look like? What do they do? Let's get into that. I, like I said, never been to Disney. Okay. And when I was a kid, I wanted to go to Disney so bad because everyone in my class had gone to Disney and I naturally had Disney FOMO, right? That's what kids have. Because if you're hearing about this all the time and that it's like the coolest place on earth, what do they call it? Like the happiest place on earth, the most magical place on earth. I don't know, something like that. Um, you want to go there. And all my friends had so much fun. They were like, Disney this, Disney that. But I especially, I had one friend and not only was she obsessed with Disney, but her mom was a Disney adult. And this was obviously well before the term was even coined. So I didn't know that. I was also eight years old. But even I, as an eight-year-old who wanted to go to Disney so bad, remember thinking that my friend's mom, who was obsessed with Disney, was batshit crazy. Let that sink in for a second. 
I'm an eight-year-old girl. I'm like, I want to go to Disney so bad. My parents are like, no. My mom has also never been to Disney. I don't think, I don't think any, I don't think either of my parents have been to Disney actually, but it's just, okay, it's tea because I remember my friend's mom being so obsessed with Disney and me being like, you're genuinely weird for that. Like they would plan these trips like years in advance, right? Because Disney is so fucking expensive. So they'd have to like save up for them, which is just a whole other thing. I, I don't know. I think Disney is like inordinately priced, obviously. And we'll get into, we'll get into some of that later, but it is crazy. So they would plan these trips so far in advance. And then as it would get closer and closer to them going like six months in advance, they would have full itinerary and the itinerary would have literally down to the minute, um, schedule of like where they're going to be, what they're going to be eating, who they're going to like, it was crazy. And I remember hearing this as an eight-year-old and being like, oh, because that doesn't even like, to me, that doesn't even sound fun. Do you know what I mean? Like having, going on a vacation where everything is planned out to the minute, that is not entertaining to me. That just, that feels like a job. That does, that feels like a chore that does not feel like a relaxing, nice vacation. Um, and another thing that I've thought about too, as I've gotten older with Disney is the amount of money that these people will like spend. And like I said, they have to, a lot of them have to like plan in advance to, um, fly there a lot of the times to, um, pay for hotels, or if you're staying in a resort, you know, on the, the the grounds of Disney, I don't know. And then you have to pay for, um, like passes and the food there and all of this, like that is such an expensive trip, right? And now being an adult that like works a full-time job, I cannot imagine spending my money on going to Orlando, Florida to go to Disney World. That's, again, that's just me. Never. You will not know, especially without kids. Like I could maybe understand if I was a mother and I wanted to take my kids, even though, (laughs) let's face it, I'm obviously not going to do that, unfortunately. Sorry, kids. But it's not happening. It is just not in the cards for us. Um, But it's, it's weird. It's weird the amount of money that people want to spend to like do this like every single year or every other year. And I don't know. It's just always been strange to me. Um, and, and that was from someone who wanted to go so, so, so bad. Also for reference, I live in Massachusetts. So everyone that I knew that went to Disney, went to the, the Disney world in Florida. And there's also Disneyland in California. Um, both of them, I mean, the Florida one, I think, is just like weirder in and of itself because it's in Florida. But that is just me being judgmental. Okay, Um, so what is a Disney adult? A Disney adult, a lot of times they're millennials. Okay, I'll just say that. A lot of times they're millennials that are just obsessed with Disney. And it it can come in a few different ways. It can manifest itself in a few different ways. And some of them, it's like you're a Disney adult, but like you're not really. And like I can tolerate it. Do you know what I'm saying? Some people, they just like, like Disney. They go every once in a while. They might own a pair of Mickey ears. They might do all that, but it's like fine. It's tolerable. It's in bite-sized pieces. It's not their entire personality, right? So it's like, okay, whatever. That's just like, it's just a hobby. It's just an interest. It's just something you like to do and you enjoy. Obviously that's fine. But then you get into some of these other people and the the key thing with the Disney adult is a lot of the times they don't have kids, which having a kid and being like obsessed with Disney, I feel like is a, is a completely different thing because if you're doing it to like make your kids happy and, you know, to bring that magic to your kid's life, obviously that's a beautiful thing. Okay. 
can it be over the top? Sure. But like at its core, it's a beautiful thing. Disney adults typically don't have kids. And like I said, they're just like millennials that are obsessed with Disney and different layers to it. Because then there's the millennials or not the millennials, the Disney adults that have, you know, stickers on the back of their car. Bumper stickers, if you will. I just forgot the word for it. Bumper stickers that are Disney themed. Their um, their bedroom might be Disney themed. They might have an entire wall um, with Mickey Mouse ears on display. Mm, this is where we get like, okay, so this is your whole life. Like you want to wake up every morning and look at a wall of Mickey Mouse ears and be like, yes, that's this is my purpose. This is how I'm going to start my day and end my day is staring at Mickey Mouse ears. Okay. No, okay. That's... Um, Again, not for me, but okay. Then, you know, they'll have stuffed animals of Disney characters and Disney, like, become obsessed with Disney movies, and um, which is fine. I'm, I love a good Disney movie. I do. I love Moana. I love Frozen. Like, I love Frozen. Um, what else? I love Tangled. Like, they're good movies, right? I don't have posters of them. I don't have stuffed animals that correlate with these movies. Disney adults do, you know, they do again, nothing wrong with it. Totally harmless. But then there's the people who, um, who, you know, plan the annual trips. Well, they might, they might even go as far as to post a countdown of their trip to Disney on Facebook. They will do that actually without a shadow of a doubt. They will do that. They'll post a countdown like one year, two months, three weeks, one day, four hours, two minutes, I will be at Cinderella's castle. And it's like, oh, okay. Okay. Cause then it just shows. And obviously there's nothing wrong with looking forward to a vacation. I do the same thing. I mean, I don't post a countdown of it. Cause I think that's like a bit over the top, you know what I mean? But to post it, it just shows to me that your whole life revolves around that. Right. And that's a little like, okay do we need this? No, we don't need this, you know? And then some people take it even a step further. Okay. Now really, really get into a Zen space and wrap your mind around this. People that will move closer to Disney World so they can go more frequently. Hmm. Okay. (laughs) Okay. That's kind of weird, right? That's a little strange. Um, cause you're going to uplift your whole life And this is real. Like everything I'm saying, by the way, I've seen real life examples of this. So people will uproot their lives to move, you know, a state over, two states over, whatever the distance is, to be closer to Disney World. So again, to put this in like more layman's terms, they will uproot their lives and move to Florida to be closer to Mickey Mouse. Mm, That's almost a toxic relationship. Do you know what I mean? Like, would Mickey Mouse do that for you? No, he would not. No, he would not. So it's weird. And then there's also a subset of Disney adults that profit off of it. And those people, more power to them. Because they said, if I'm giving all my money to this corporation, I at least better be making it back. You know what I mean? So I love that for them. They're girl bosses all the way through. And those people, I guess you could say, would have more of a reason to move closer to Disney or have a better justification for living so close to Disney because... They'll make daily vlogs going to Disney, which is, oh, oh, I don't know how I feel about that. Because for me, again, as a total outsider, doesn't that get old? Like, aren't you bored going to Disney every single day and just like doing the same thing at Disney? 
every single day and like eating a giant turkey leg every single day? Like, do people not get sick of consuming that content? But then they don't. They do not get sick of it. So it's like, I don't know. You, I guess if there must be a market for it, if they're making money off of it, obviously. But that to me is where this gets like, okay, that's too far. You want to move your whole life so you can go to an amusement park every single weekend instead of just like once a year. Um, I also actually, I was doing some research for this episode and I saw a TikTok of a woman, I guess they have these things called magic bands, which are like wristbands that you get at Disney and they must have some sort of like chip or something in them that, you know, you can, it like, so it scans into things. I have no idea. People that actually go to Disney are listening to this, like banging their heads against a wall because I'm not making any sense and I don't have all the details, but this woman got that chip implanted in her wrist. Now that to me is without a shadow of a doubt too far. What? You got a chip implanted in your arm to get into Disney when everyone else just wears it on a brace? Like this is where it's like no one asked you to do that. Like you did this for what? You know, like you did not have to do this. Why did you do this? And in the video of this woman like getting her fucking wrist scanned at Disney, You can tell even the employees like, what the fuck? And these are people that are trained to be like, so, so much like, oh yeah, yeah. Love, love the Disney love. You know what I mean? So for even them to be like, oh girl, what? Like that's when you know it's bad. You know, there's also people that have Disney tattoos, which I like, it's fine, but it is to me strange a little bit. Okay. Um, what else? There's people that have, or that are like in their twenties or thirties or forties or older and have like Disney themed birthday parties, which I'll just say it. I would not attend. If you were like, oh, I'm having a Lilo and Stitch themed birthday party. I'd be like, Lino, <laughs> that is not a better in my head. Okay. Relax. Lino, bitch. <laughs> Instead of Lilo and Stitch. Okay. Um, yeah, so they have these tattoos, they have themed birthday parties, they'll plan their weddings at Disney, um, so you'll have a, your wedding venue will be like the Cinderella's castle, and people pay a stupid amount for that, like a stupid, stupid amount, and the one thing that I kept seeing when people are describing Disney adults is this one word, can you guess what it is? Intense, right? So it's not even so much the fascination and the love for Disney itself. It's the intensity at which they have this love that is alarming, right? It comes off as like, oh, I'm scared of you because you have this really, really, really intense infatuation with a corporation, question mark. Another weird thing that Disney adults will do is they will resell or just sell paraphernalia, Disney paraphernalia. So like, if they live close to the park and they can get all these things all the time, that might be like limited, speak, um, limited edition. And, you know, someone who lives in Nebraska can't make their way out there for this like limited edition product or t-shirt or whatever the fuck it is. Then people will go online and like resell these things for hundreds of dollars. And the more alarming thing is that someone on the other end will buy that product for hundreds of dollars. What, what are we doing here? It, it just, it becomes strange to me. And there's also people that I've seen that 
will talk about how they don't think Disney adults should be allowed at Disney, which is, that is a hot take. And the reason for this is they think it's weird that people are going without children. I don't, I don't agree with that because it's like, I mean, and also Disney would never do that because they need the money. They are very, very money hungry and we'll get into that, but it's, it's weird. It's, it's a weird thing. And it's weird to me that people that love Disney, that, that are still so adamant that Disney adults like don't belong there, which is crazy because it's like, even they're saying, you know, that's too much. That's too far. Like get them out of here. Obviously one of the biggest draws of like the Disney parks is that you get to quote unquote meet these characters, right? Um, these fictional cartoon characters because Disney pays people to dress up in costume. They actually call them cast members, not employees. Um, and these cast members will walk around and interact with the people at the park. And this is another element where, where people, especially Disney adults seem to get carried away because first of all, if I was a kid at Disney, I'd be terrified. Mickey Mouse starts coming at me. I'd be like, get the fuck away from me. That is, that is scary. But as a Disney adult, obviously you don't have that fear associated with people in giant costumes. So you, you kind of have gotten over that. And they will really act like they are meeting Mickey Mouse incarnate. And to me, that's weird because when you're 25, 30, 35, 40, whatever, you know, the third wall has been broken down. Mickey Mouse is a cartoon character. He is not a real person walking around the park. That is just like some guy, like some guy named Joe is in that costume. You know what I mean? So for them, and I've seen many, many videos of Disney adults running up to, you know, the Beast or Goofy or Cinderella or whoever the fuck, acting like they are meeting a family, like reuniting with their birth mother. That is how they act. They, this grown ass person will be like, oh, like sobbing, um, getting really emotional, getting really, really intense, obviously, and charging, fucking charging goofy in the Disney, in Disney world, which I don't know. There, is there no bounds to the shamelessness? I don't, I don't know. Because again, if you're a kid and you're doing it, it's cute. You don't know any better. You think that's actually goofy. So that's fine. You think that is Minnie Mouse sitting right there. So you're like, this is the coolest fucking thing ever because I'm a kid and I always see Minnie Mouse on my TV and now Minnie Mouse is right here. I love this. When you are 30 years old, what's your excuse? What is your excuse? Because it's like, you know that, like I said, you know that is some guy named Joe. You are not hugging Goofy. You're not hugging a gigantic dog that walks on two legs. That would be strange. You're hugging Goofy. Joe. You're hugging Joe. That's what we're getting at. I don't know. And then a lot of people will come to bat for Disney adults and be like, you know what? They're just happy. They're just living their lives. Like, I bet. When was the last time you felt joy like that? And true. Like, true. I don't have anything that I'm that passionate about. But I don't know. There's something weird about that. Like people that cry when they see Rapunzel and it's like, oh, what? What do you mean by that? Why are you doing that? And they'll get like signatures and collect signatures and take selfies and ask them to do like dances or there's all these like code words, I think, that you can ask these like cast members and then they'll like have to say a certain response. I... It's just like a whole tangled web 
to me and that's fine i just will it's one i will never understand and that's that that's that on that it's totally fine um all right let's move on what was the next thing i wanted to talk about okay working at Disney like I said they have these cast members and they also have a very well known for all the wrong reasons internship program okay and I remember I actually went to college with a girl who interned at Disney and it was like it's like a big deal it's a very 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 competitive program to work for Disney and mm, I have a lot to say always I always have a lot to say but there's something so interesting about being a multi-billion dollar corporation that um you know that has fans first of all that in and of itself because the next two categories I'm talking about are working at Disney and being obsessed with a corporation and they go hand in hand I guess I'll start with being obsessed with the corporation as I was researching for this I started racking my brain to think of what is a comparison to Disney adults what is it because at their core, Disney adults are adults that give an inordinate amount of money to a gigantic media conglomerate. What is that? And they're obsessed and they bow down and they love and they worship a, just a huge corporation, huge greedy corporation. That is weird, right? And it comes if you it's when you when you that's when you kind of deconstruct it right because at its core it's like no they're obsessed with the parks and they're obsessed with the movies and they're obsessed with the characters but as a whole what they're obsessed with is Disney as a brand okay so I was starting to think what are other groups of people that are obsessed with corporations in this way the closest thing I could think of is like people that are sports fans and they're obsessed with you know because sports fans are corporations as well they're obsessed with, you know, the New England Patriots. That's a company. That's a corporation. And, you know, they buy the paraphernalia. They buy the merch. They're obsessed with the players. They go to all these. They spend money on games. They spend money to travel to games. So that is true. That was like the closest comparison I could think of. Um, and even that, in my eyes, doesn't even come close to Disney adults. I don't see a lot of sports fans getting tattoos. Obviously, some do. But like, I don't see them getting tattoos of, you know, Tom Brady. I'm I'm sure there's actually way too many. There's way too many men out there that have some sort of Tom Brady tattoo. As, as soon as I said it, I regretted it. But I don't think it's on the same level. And also the other thing about sports and being obsessed with the sports teams is it's cyclical, right? It's seasonal and it's cyclical because sports... <laughs> I hate saying the way I'm saying sports. It's like I've never I've never heard of it before. But like football, the football season starts in September and lasts until February, right? And so if you are an avid Patriots fan, if you're an avid football fan in general, you will probably be like very heavily invested in football for like five months out of the year, six what however long it is, five months, whatever, four months, can be less. Um and if that's the case, it's like, okay, but your life goes on the other eight months of the year. You know, you probably are not as obsessed with football the other eight months of the year because football isn't, they're not playing. So I think when you're a sports fan, it's like, it can be a really intense, like passion, like four months out of the year. And then other than that, you move on with your life. And I also think a lot of people don't make it their whole personality like Disney adults do, where everything that they do is like revolving around Disney and you know they make friends around it which is obviously fine to have friends that are like you know you share a common interest that's obviously a good thing always but it's yeah I don't know it's weird to me so then 
with that and knowing Disney, knowing that they have this entire subset of people that is like so dedicated to them, like so ride or die, like absolutely loves everything about Disney will spend any dollar amount that they have to, to, I guess, prove that love or express that love. I don't know what, I don't know what it is, but I think there's something really toxic about that. And then hiring employees. Okay. Hear me out. If you know that these people love you and love the brand and are so brand loyal, you can easily extort your employees, right? (laughs) Like, am I wrong? No, I'm not. Because it, like, I think of the internship program specifically, like these people that apply are like, first of all, they're young because they're usually in college. So they're like 18 to 22 and they are like ride or die Disney fans. Like they know everything about the company. They know everything about the characters, everything about the movies. They have all that knowledge and so much love for them. And I don't, I honestly, I didn't do a lot of research into like what they get paid or all of that stuff. But I would just imagine that if you were in that position where you feel this intense love for the company, like you'll do fucking anything and you don't care. And you're not thinking about like, is this ethical? Because you don't care and you'll do anything for the company. And so I, I think Again, I don't know too much on like the business side of it, but I would imagine that there's a lot more that Disney can get away with in terms of their employees because their employees are so obsessed with the brand. And I've also seen a lot of Disney, specifically Disney Parks employees um, come out after they've left Disney and talk about what a terrible experience it was. And I think they get a they get away with treating their employees poorly because they just worship Disney. So it's like you don't fucking care. It's it's truly like being in a toxic relationship. It's like you'll put up with the worst behavior because at your core you're like, no, I love this. Like I can't leave this. This is all I have. This is like all I've spent my life working towards is working at Disney. This is like my dream come true because it's the best place on earth. And why wouldn't I want to work at the best place on earth? So that is something else to consider. Again, I don't have a lot to back that up. That's just like my own personal thoughts is I could imagine the unethical working environment that would be transpiring if they're hiring people because obviously any corporation, they're going to want to hire people that are like passionate about the brand as opposed to someone that like doesn't give a fuck. That makes sense. Any company is going to do that. Like if you apply to work at like a beauty company, they're probably going to look more intensely as at a person who loves their products and like knows a lot about the company and like knows how to use the products and you know just has that passion for them over someone who doesn't know anything that just that's just good business sense because you want your employees to be passionate about your company and to have that knowledge I get that but I think it hits a different level with Disney because it's so all-encompassing but okay okay so working at Disney being obsessed with the corporation is weird and there's really nothing else to compare it to. So the question becomes, is it a cult? Now, one thing that has always stood out to me when I hear about Disney adults and like this Disney cult culture is there's an ent- there's an entire part of Disney that I don't think people talk about enough. And it is the fact that you can like live on Disney property, okay? There is a neighborhood called Golden Oaks that is on Disney property in Orlando, Florida, that you can pay in a stupid, stupid amount of money to live on Disney property. And okay, in my head, I'm like, why would they do this? Obviously, they're doing it because they're making a stupid, stupid amount of money off of people that want to do this. I totally get that. You know, when you look at it from a capitalistic standpoint, they're seeing there's these people that will pay 
any amount of money. So we have to do things to make that amount of money, right? They're, Disney is notorious for being greedy, greedy vultures, right? So the houses on these properties in Florida are upwards of $10 million each. Um, they're all like designed by Disney architects and completely Disney-fied in what they would consider like a tasteful way. Like it's not like these houses look like nice houses, right? But then on the inside, there's like a Mickey Mouse doorknob and it's not like gross Disney wallpaper. Like it's very chic, but in a sense where there's like touches of Disney everywhere, which is like, oh, I don't love that. But there's something really weird about the marketing behind it. And that's where it feels culty to me because again, at its core, if you look at it objectively, it's like, okay, well, people are obsessed with Disney. They love coming to the parks. So if they're going to want to buy a house on the park to, you know, save them from traveling from where God knows where every single year and they want to live there and they have the money and they can do that, then like, why wouldn't they do that? Right. It makes sense if you look at it rationally. The way that they market it to their consumers is very, very, this is where it gets to be a slippery slope. They market it as like an extension of Disney. So you're not living on this property that's like next to Disney. You are living at Disney World, right? And what do they call Disney World? The happiest place on earth. The happiest place on earth. They sell Disney consistently as a utopia right? They make all of their cast members and every employee at Disney is like so friendly, like so will go above and beyond for the people at the park. And they just, they're happy. Everyone's happy. Nothing bad ever happens at Disney, right? Like that's the vibe. So if you think about it, first of all, in general, if you go on a week-long vacation at Disney and you were thinking about it like all year, you're waiting for this week-long vacation that you're going to take to Disney, the happiest place on earth, the most magical place on earth. I still don't know which it is, whatever then I would imagine there's this almost sense of withdrawal when you leave. Okay, hear me out. You spend 365 days being like, yes, this trip to Disney, it's going to be everything. I'm so excited. It's so magical. I can't wait to see all these cast members and be at the park all week and, you know, eat this food and feel all of the Disney emotions in the air and listen to the music and whatever. Just become entranced in the Disney spell. And you go there and you have like the best week of your life because everyone's so nice. And like I said, utopia, you feel like you're in a utopia, like you're eating good food. The air smells like I don't, Disney. I don't know what the fuck it smells like. I've never been. But you know what I mean? I I just I, I get the sense that you go there and you feel like you're in a different world almost. Right. Because nothing bad's happening. Everyone's happy. Everyone's running around frolicking like it's good vibes. And then you leave there and you have to go back to like your sad sack life in wherever the fuck and like work your job. And you're like, oh, fuck, I miss Disney. Like, I want to go back to Disney. And it's this weird kind of cycle of like you get to live in that. This can be said about any vacation, obviously. Like I if you go down to a vacation at the beach, like you kind of feel like you're living you're in a vacation mode. You know, you're you're in a different you don't you're not focusing on the real world, quote unquote. But at Disney, it's like in that it's that times a million because there's people whose job it is to make you feel like you're in a literal different realm. That's weird because then it makes you feel like when you leave there, I need to go back because you're not chasing the place anymore. You're chasing the feeling that you have in the place. And that's like, oh, this kind of gets tricky because it's kind of uh, this is like and I, I almost sound like a conspiracy theorist when I'm saying this, but like it's mind altering in a sense, right? 
like you go to this place and your you your perspective is completely changed because of your setting and your surroundings and the people that are there and then it's like you leave and it, it's almost like a drug it's like you want to go back because you want to feel like you're in this utopia again so now you take it a step further and you're like holy shit for just a quick 10 million dollars i can live there i can keep the magic of disney with me all the time and that's where we get really like, what are we doing here? You know, because I think if they had just marketed it as like, oh, you love Disney. Great. Now you can live here. That's fine. But when they put all these twists in like, it gets kind of creepy. It gets kind of creepy because it's like you, they're selling the feeling they're selling, which is, that is how marketing works. I get that. I work in marketing, relax, but there it's, it, it, it's an addictive thing where they're like, and now you can feel it even more. And that is weird. So let's get into the lore behind Golden Oak. Um, this is a weird thing to me. Well, all of it's weird to me. I will say that, but here's the thing. Golden Oak was originally Walt Disney's idea. Walt himself came up with this idea like millions of years ago. <laughs> I have no concept of time. Like Walt Disney could have died last year and I think of him as this like ancient mummy. But anyways, Golden Oak was Walt Disney's idea and he wanted to create Golden Oak as kind of an experimental living situation where he, basically Disney would have full control over the people that lived there. Uh, see, this is where it's this is where it's weird and then it didn't happen back then when Walt was alive and when Walt wanted this to happen, but it did happen eventually. And obviously it's not under the same guise as like, oh, this is an experiment and we're doing this so we can create our own little kind of society within Disney because that is straight up a cult. That is straight up a cult. Like I, there is just a cult. Um, but and I guess it's still, it's because obviously there's like, like they couldn't do that now to the same extent. But the interesting thing is, since they are still on Disney property, I believe that they have to follow like Disney rules because there it's like you're on a private you're on private property that isn't your own. You know what I mean? It's not like you're at your house so you can do what you want. There is that element of it because you're buying the house, but at the same time, you're buying a house on Disney property. So there's there's all these kind of other layers to it that become really weird. And then even more recently, Disney released or announced earlier this year, I believe, um, another community that they're making in California, I believe it's called. And they're calling this community or the whole name of the project is Story Living. So just again, really driving the point home of like, do you want your life to be like a magical storybook? Come live at Disney. And the thing about the story living um, is I don't even think it's on because I was thinking, oh, it's in California. So it must be on like Disneyland property, like kind of the equivalent of Colton Oak. But the thing about this is it's not on Disneyland property. So Disney just creating this entire separate community for Disney adults to dwell communally. Uh, I don't like that. So on the Story Living website, which I'm on right now, they are building a community in Palm Springs in the Palm Desert. They describe it as a living painting. Okay. So they're already starting off by making this the most picturesque, idyllic, utopian place to live. A living painting? Are you kidding? Um, welcome to a dynamic, creative oasis set. Set? 
Oh, I read that so wrong. Okay. Welcome to a dynamic creative oasis set within the stunning landscape of Palm Springs, the ultimate destination for curious dreamers and doers seeking exploration, innovation, and inspiration. Describing a community where you could live as being dynamic is kind of scary. What does that mean? Why is it dynamic? Um, Some other key phrases we have on the website, everyday magic. The very heart of any story living by Disney community rests in Disney's vision of vibrant settings and magical possibilities. Imagination and inspiration have been carefully infused into every detail to provide invigorating and rejuvenating environments and activities. In Cotino, which is the one that this is the community that I'm talking about, a story living by Disney community, a voluntary club membership offers access to a waterfront clubhouse a club only beach area and recreational water activities as well as disney entertainment and activities throughout the year at an additional fee it also says write your next chapter imagine your life set in a place where world famous disney service makes moments more memorable here the greater palm springs area calls on you to bring everything you've come to love and set the stage for even more This is your chance to live in a place that forever inspires you to add wonderful new passages to your story. I'm scared of that. Like at first glance, and this is where I I go back and forth because I'm like, is it just brilliant marketing or is it culty? You know what I mean? Because again, they wouldn't be doing any of this if they weren't actually going to make serious money off of it. They are going to make serious money off of it. There are people that are going to be obsessed with this idea and fall in love with it and everything about it. Like that will be, that's inevitably going to happen. They wouldn't have done that. They're smart. You know, we got to give credit where credit is due. They're smart people and they wouldn't do this if it wasn't you know, on par for them. But it's the way that they describe it. Again, it's, it's, it gets so utopian, which is so weird and like making it so it's like, oh, I don't, what movie does it remind me of where it goes to like a, uh, like a utopia and then it's like, and now you never have to leave. Oh, know which one it is? It's the one where she's stuck in the rom-com. What is that movie called? What is that movie called? Hold on. Please, please hold. Isn't it romantic? That's what it's called with Rebel Wilson, um, where she's stuck in a rom-com and everything's like happy daisies, butterflies, rainbows. And then she's like, okay, this, it gets old so fast. Like, that's what I feel like Disney's trying to do. They're like, and now you're in this perfect world. And guess what? You don't ever have to leave. (laughs) That's so scary. Um, Okay. But at the heart and soul of what I wanted this video to be is identifying if Disney is really a cult. And so I did some research to find out what the elements of a cult actually are, because I wasn't sure. I mean, I, I knew the general, the gist of it. But I wanted to really bring up like what the, the elements are so we can kind of check off the boxes as we go. Okay, so there's a model that's used frequently when talking about authoritarian control called the BITE model. It was brought about by Stephen Hassan and BITE stands for behavior, information, thought, and emotional. Um, th- so those are all the different types of control that basically encompass what this is, right? So behavior control, regulating an individual's physical reality. That is definitely present in Disney, right? Because they're taking the physical setting of where you are and altering it to seem like it's a different reality, right? And another aspect of this is di- dictating where, how, and with whom the members live and associate or isolate. So this is where it gets kind of very much Disney because they're surrounding these people at the parks with these, you know, cast members that have to act a certain way and say certain things. So in that sense, they are a little bit, a little bit, a little bit they're doing that. You know what I mean? 
obviously I would also like to say this is like with a complete grain of salt. Like I'm not, I'm not, um, what's the word filing any charges. So relax. Um, the second one information control. Now this is like deliberately withholding information or kind of altering information to make it seem more acceptable. And I think this is present at Disney. It, this one and um, the thought control, the information and the thought control, I think are both big players in the whole, um, this is the happiest place on earth. And the way that they like don't mention anything negative at all in the park. So it's like such a, such a, like a super positive environment and everything's happy and fun. I think that is in a way warping what that is, right? And then emotional control obviously they only play to one emotion they only played up to happiness they just make you feel like you have to keep going back for more and if you're not at Disney you're not happy so ultimately what I've been able to conclude here is Disney is a cult cult mentality who is their leader Mickey Mouse of course are you kidding that's a given imagine participating in a cult where Mickey Mouse is the leader oh my god that's embarrassing I'm sorry the cult leader is supposed to be like this like attractive like young guy and it's Mickey Mouse here sorry I just sneeze say bless you thank you oh my god you're so sweet so anyways I think I can I can positively conclude that Dis- Disney is a cult um there are some other things that I found that are elements of cults that kind of go, go along with this um yeah, having a cult leader is obviously a big part of it, which I just said. What else? What else? Isolation, wanting to create entire communities where you only live with other Disney adults. So, like, that's the only train of thought. Um, threats. We haven't seen those yet, but I don't know. I feel like that's bound to happen. You can't leave Golden Oak. Everyone everyone who's, who's lived there has never left. They, they have to stay there for the rest of their lives. I could see that happening. Um Okay. Anyways, thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I have a few other episode ideas for next week, but as always, if you have anything that comes to mind and you're like, I just need to hear Maddie's voice talk about this, please let me know. Um, follow the podcast Instagram at parkcarcombos.pod and I will catch you next week. Bye.